Um, so as I mentioned before, my name is Hamish Taylor. Um, so I generally do the preaching here, the teaching. That's, that's my role. Uh, so, you know, I'm the guy who just talks too much. Um, but you're always welcome to come and ask any questions of me at any point. I have my name badge on now. See, this is why my wife is wonderful. She looks after me. So uh, just before we get started, um, I think Anita mentioned it before, we do have our Bible app. I think there's not a whole lot in there this week about the message. Yep, links and notices and stuff like that. It is worth checking out, um, but just if you do go in there and you think, he hasn't put anything in there about the message, I will normally. We're just getting back into the rhythm of things. So uh, do check that out. Make sure you download download that and, and we'll all be good. Now, for those of you who know me, you may know that I'm a bit of a maps guy. I, I love maps. Ever since I was a kid, I just loved looking over them, poring over them, just looking at all of the different towns and roads and stuff like that. Was I a nerd when I was a kid? Yeah, I think so. But anyway, so I loved looking at maps. I would, I would guide my family around um, these places even when we're overseas. And it's a, it's a love that I've passed on to my youngest child, which is really great because he loves maps as well. And what's even cooler now is you've got maps on your phone, right? So this is a beautiful invention that we have, the Google Maps or Apple Maps or whatever maps you use. Right there on the phone, you just tap in where you want to go and it will tell you what to do. Hey, I do want that. Thank you very much. So, um, you know, there's no need to think. There's no need to look things up. There's no need to know anything. All you need to do is type it in, and the computer will take you where you need to go, we assume. Of course, it's just another thing that we're handing over to the machines uh, to enslave ourselves. If they ever want to take over the world, all they really need to do is put that little blue line into the Waitemata Harbor, and we will just drive in like lemmings off a cliff. You don't think we'll do it? Check these people out who took their particular GPS maps into some precarious positions. Real photos, people. Like, how do you get there? Like, at what point do you go, maybe the map is wrong? No, this one on a wall of some kind. Yep, this is good stuff. This is where people actually went on their map. So, yes, we will all go into the wider matter harbor because that's what our little blue line tells us to do. So I love maps. Maps are good. They are very, very helpful. The problem for me, though, <clears throat> is that when I'm not driving and using it for directions, I kind of get a little bored and curious. You know, like I said, I love the maps. So I start, you know, swiping around and I'm like, oh, did we pass a landmark back there? Swipe. Is that what that was? What's that sort of thing? Where's the nearest mall? Where's the closest burger fuel? Hypothetically, for reason, of course. Um, and I'm just looking around, and then suddenly I realize, oh, I don't know where the blue line is anymore. Like, it's gone. I've completely swiped all over the map. I have no idea where I'm going. Now, thankfully, the good people at Apple and Google knew that there were people like me in the world, and so they created a fantastic little feature called the recenter button. You know the one I'm talking about? It's that little blue triangle. You just hit that little sucker, and it's going to bring you right back to where you need to be, right on the right path, facing forward. It is a brilliant little feature. And I think I need one of those for my life, right? I think I need a recenter button for my life sometimes. I mean, do you ever wonder, have you ever felt like me that, that you just kind of feel a little lost? 
like maybe you had a path for your life, but everything's just got in the way and, and you're busy, you're running around like a mad dash, like you've got heaps of stuff to do, your day is full. You are running around, but you're not getting any closer to where you need to be. You don't really know the way. We just need that recenter button, right? Maybe you're a follower of Jesus. Maybe you know that there is a particular path or a way of being that God wants for our lives, that, that we're supposed to be chasing after Him, that we're supposed to be becoming more like Him, that we're supposed to be connecting with people around us to share Him with them. Maybe you've got a sense that that's what God wants us to do, but then, well, just work is really crazy, so we swipe over a little bit because we've got to take care of the craziness at work. And then, you know, finances are getting really hard at the moment, so swipe, we swipe a little bit over there. And then our kids have like 500 extracurricular activities that we've got to travel, to drop them off at. Swipe, swipe, swipe. This family drama rearing its head. Financial pressures are consuming us. And wouldn't it be nice if we could finally get into a house of our own? Swipe, swipe, swipe. Don't forget, we've got extra groceries this week because we've got someone coming over. We've got to drop the kids off at soccer. We've got this thing going on. We've got that thing going on. I need that promotion at work. I've got to make sure this assignment's finished. Swipe, 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 swipe. And then suddenly, you look up and you realize you have no idea where you are. Like spiritually, there's, like, like we're lost. Like where is that blue line? It's gone. I have no idea where it is. What we need, right, is that little recenter button. Just push that and gets us right back in line with God. Gets us right in line with the path that He wants to have in our lives. Wouldn't that be good? Well, again, just like the geniuses of Google, God was fully aware of our propensity to wander off the path and to get ourselves lost. There's a reason He keeps calling us sheep, right? Because we get lost easily. We're not that smart. And so right near the beginning of the story of the Bible, he puts in a recenter button for his people. Actually, he puts in quite a few recenter buttons, but the biggest recenter button that he puts in for people to press and get back aligned with him is called the Passover. This was a celebration every year where the Israelites were commanded to stop everything that they were doing, all of the work that consumed their time, all of the stresses that consumed their minds and their hearts. They were to set that aside. They were to sit down. They were to gather together and have a feast. And during that feast, they would retell the story of God, what God had done for them, how he had led them out of slavery in Egypt, how he had rescued them from bondage and dragged them through the Red Sea on dry ground, how he had saved them, then gathered them together at the foot of Mount Sinai, and he had declared to them that they were his special people. They were a group of people on a specific purpose to follow him and to show the world who God was. That was the purpose of who they were. And so every year they got a reminder of who they were and what they were supposed to do. It was not just a chance to look back over what God had done for them, but it was a chance for them to look forward and to determine in their hearts, in their minds, we are going to follow the path God has for them it brought them right back to that little blue line that God had laid out so that they could walk forward in the right space. It was pretty cool. 
I mean, even secular nations like ours, they have days like this, don't we? We have days that we can stop and recalibrate ourselves. Tomorrow is one of those days. Tomorrow is Waitangi Day, right? And it's a chance for us to look back at the story of Aotearoa, of how we have gotten to the place where we are now. Some of that history is good, some of that is not good, and some of that is downright shameful. But it's important that we remember all of it. Why? Because not just to see where we have been, but to look forward to bring us back onto the blue line as a nation to look forward and to determine collectively in our hearts that we are going to walk a path forward of biculturalism, of respect, of reconciliation, right? It brings us back and reminds us who we are and where we should be going. And it's when we neglect to kind of think about those things, when we don't celebrate those moments, when we just kind of forget what it's all about, that's when we start to drift off course. And so it's no surprise that we look back on the history of God's people, the Israelites in the Old Testament, their moral decline goes hand in hand with their neglect of of celebrating these feasts, Passover feast and other feasts and other reminders, they neglected them. They did not celebrate them. They did not recenter themselves. And so they drifted further and further off course. I believe it's important for us as Christians to maintain moments of remembrance, moments that can recenter us on what God is doing in our lives and in our Christian community. Moments where we can just press that resender button, bring us back from wherever we are in our minds, wherever we are in our hearts, whatever life is doing to us, whatever stresses we have at work, at home, at school, wherever. Anything that is going on in our lives that we can just press that button and bring us right back to where we should be, where we can see that blue line again. We have a lot of those sorts of moments. We're going to take one of those moments actually right now. And it's a moment called communion. And so those who are going to serve communion, if you don't mind getting yourselves ready, I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians 11. It says, For I pass on to you what I receive from the Lord himself. This is uh, Paul talking about what Jesus said. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Key phrase, do this in remembrance of me. Remember why we're here. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. That's usually where we stop, but it continues. It says, So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating it, the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick and some have even died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. 
Now, there's a lot to unpack, and we don't have time to unpack all of that. But the key idea here is that not only are we remembering that Jesus did something good for us, we are doing that, but it's a chance for us to examine our hearts, examine where are we at with God? Where am I at with him? Am I on the path? Is the blue line right in front of me, or have I veered off a little bit? We all do. It's not, a, it's not a, a, like a beat yourself up. It's not like a, this judgment thing. It's a, actually, this is a chance to hit that reset button, to get back on track, to take communion and remember why we're on the blue line in the first place. Remember who God is, who we are before him. The fact that we've been saved, we've been reconciled to the God who created the universe, who we rebelled against, we're good with God. We've got to remember that as we take communion. And then we can determine in our hearts, you know what, this week I am going to put that extra effort in. I'm going to move back in line with who God is. I'm going to walk that path. Am I going to mess up again? Yeah, this is why we do it every week, (laughs) right? We we need these constant reminders because we're constantly falling off the way. But if we don't take those reminders, if we just take this piece of cracker or whatever we have, this little cup of juice, and we throw it back. Yeah, it's a little something to eat, something to drink. And we're not examining ourselves. We're not thinking about where we are with God. We're spitting in the face of what he gave us to do, are we not? It's a challenge. It's a difficult challenge, but it's an important one. So we're going to take some time now. We're going to take communion. You don't have to take it. If, if you don't uh, consider yourself a Christian and you're like, what the heck is this all about? Please feel free, sit back, just watch it all happen. Maybe think about where you stand with God and maybe if you have any questions, it's going to sort of percolate on those. If you are and you want to join in with us, please, everyone is, is free to do so. I believe we've got enough. Um, <laughs> we should be fine. So just take the cup and the bread, it represents the body and the blood of Jesus, and, and think about where we stand before him. Remember what he has done for us. And you can take that in your own time, and then I'll come back up. So this morning, as we um, start a new year, as we're sort of uh, in a new location, this is actually also a really cool chance for us to um, use the reset, uh, recenter button for our church as well, for our church community. Uh, actually, as I'm recognizing a lot of new people here, this is actually a good chance for you to, for the first time, get a sense of who we are where we're going, what our, what our purpose and vision is. It's a good chance for us to look back on what God has done for us over the last three and a half years of our existence and where we're heading moving forward. Um, I've seen God's fingerprints all over this church from the beginning. We, we started this process probably five years ago as far as planning and thinking about and praying about what this church is going to look like. Uh, for me, it was actually a very interesting sort of dilemma because uh, my previous church plant I had burnt out as I've shared with uh, some of you and so I was still in a space of trying to figure out is this really something I want to jump back into is this something I'm mentally prepared for because uh, it's not easy you know uh, starting a church Satan loves to, to come after people who are doing that sort of thing and so I had to decide whether or not I was able to do this and I remember walking down a beach praying about whether or not this was going to be a good idea. And I just remember a profound peace about it all. As I pictured myself doing this, it just, there was no issues there, even though I knew there were things to work through, logistics to issue. Like God had given me a peace 
about it all, which was really a marked moment for me. It's something I remember very succinctly to, to help me trust that this is something God wanted me to do. Um, and then just moving forward, ever since then, I've just seen sign and sign again of God's hand on this, guiding us, leading us forward. From getting that space at Tamano at first, when it was first built, it was built at the exact right time, to the people God brought us, this amazing group um, of people that we have here, to the fact that we were able to maintain momentum even through COVID-19. I mean, that should have been a death blow for a brand new church plant, to be in lockdown multiple times, to be online for nine months. And yet you guys stuck it out and you maintained it and we were able to keep that momentum going. And God has been taking care of us. Even this move here to Sunderland Lounge, which is not a part of our plans. We did not think about that. And um, completely Nate's fault. And uh, which I'm never going to let him live down. Love you, brother. But this was God's doing as well. You know, he was right there. He was making it happen. The meeting about... Being here, I think you'll understand this, Gavin. Gavin had a meeting with Nate about using this hall. was already set in the calendar when Nate found out that we had to move. So it was already being, God had already sort of opened doors and was laying a groundwork for us being here. So as we look back over the last three and a half years, and that's just a, a couple of smatterings of stories. If you talk to someone at morning tea who's been part of this church, you should ask them about some of the things that God's been doing in this church community. But as we look back over these three and a half years, even through the difficulties, even through the challenges, we can see God has been working. He's been guiding us. He's been pushing us forward. And so we can have confidence as we look forward to where God is leading us next. And so looking forward, we can recommit ourselves to the vision that God has given us from the beginning. This vision that we've talked about before, about helping each other take our next step towards Jesus. That's what we're all about. That defines who we want to be. We want to be a community also defined by a growing faith in Jesus, a genuine love for all people, and an active hope for Northwest Auckland and beyond. And we're going we're gonna to focus over the next few weeks, we're going to look deeper at some of these values, especially those, the faith, love, and hope value. Over the next three weeks, we're going to look into what that means for us. What does that look like? How does this play out in the life of our church, especially this year? So uh, please come back, check that out about what's happening. Today, I just really quickly want to um, focus on this la- that first bit. Actually, I'll go back there. This helping each other take our next step towards Jesus. This is a critical component of what it means to be a part of Church Northwest. So if you're checking us out, if you're looking into whether this, this is a church that you want to be a part of, this is really at the heart of who we are. We are not just the leader standing at the front doing and you guys sitting and enjoying and taking it all in and then going home. It's not a consumer type setup. I know often times when we sit like this, we kind of revert to that style. You know, I'm doing all the talking, you're doing listening. And so it feels a little bit like, you know, one-sided. But we want this church to be a place where everybody helps each other. You know, when you look back at the early church um, that the Bible describes in the first couple of centuries of the church, they didn't really have a lot of professional ministers who would be in the one church just full-time looking after that church, the, the pastor or the minister, as it were. It was the job of everybody to use their gifts 
to build up the church. Everybody had a role to play. In fact, if you look at the way that the Paul talks and the writers of the New Testament talk to the churches, they're always talking about, hey, get involved, be a part of it, use your gift. He says in 1 Peter, Peter is getting in on this too, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. There's a very strong one another aspect to the church. Now, the modern church has kind of gotten used to the professional ministry model. And you know what? I mean, obviously, I'm a believer in it because that's my job. This is what I do. And I believe there's some really great things that can happen when churches have dedicated people who have gone through the training, who have the time to pour into teaching and planning and strategizing and worship leading and building the structure of the church. It's really, really good. But unfortunately, what has happened in a lot of churches recently over the last, I guess, 50, 100 years or more, is we've become overly reliant on those professional ministers, haven't we? And so we, we, it's very easy to slip into, and this is not an accusation, by the way, this is just an observation across all churches from a long time, is that we easily slip into a mentality that the ministers are the ones who do, and we are the ones who come. We come and we, we sit, and we sing, and we listen, we take notes if we're really onto it, and then we go home. And that's not, unfortunately not helpful for the church as the body of Christ. It's not good for the kingdom for us to be in that kind of mentality. Not just because it puts a lot of burden on pastors, and pastors are burning out like crazy. If you saw the numbers of pastor burnout, and, and people leaving the churches and droves, getting burnt out, getting disillusioned with ministry because the pressure that sits on their shoulders. Like I said, I've burnt out once already in a church because I put too much of that burden on my shoulders. But not only that, but it's not the picture of the way God designed his church because, and this is going to shock you, I'm not good at everything. Why are they laughing? I'm really not. I'm not good at everything. Nate's definitely not good at everything. My wife is good at everything. Is she in the room? Yes, yes, she's good at everything. But you know what I mean. We all have skills and gifts and abilities, and we are going to pour ourselves into what we do. But we need everybody to do the same for each other so that the body of Christ, the church community, will grow strong. It will thrive. And we will be able to walk hand in hand, side by side, into God's kingdom and grow it stronger. That's the model. That's the way it means. And that's what it means for us when we say helping each other take our next step towards Jesus. As churches grow pastors cannot influence and and connect one-on-one with everybody it's just not feasible and not smart we all help each other and there's different ways that we can go about doing that we're going to talk about that in the weeks to come but i want us to 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 commit to following the words of hebrews chapter 10 and i didn't put it in the slide so you're just gonna have to listen it says let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. 
So what does it mean to be part of Church Northwest? It means that you are a place where you are loved, where you're accepted, and where you can be helped by the person next to you and help the person next to you as each of us, in our own ways, take our next step towards Jesus, whatever that step looks like. And it's different for all of us. As we get involved in each other's lives, as we, as we sort of connect with one another, whether it's morning tea or small groups or whenever, grabbing coffee with someone, we can help each other grow stronger, help each other press that reset button, that recenter button, and bring ourselves back to that blue line, yeah? This is something we can do together. Wouldn't it be great to be part of a community where I know that it's not just the pastors who are interested in my life, but all of us, each and everyone. This could be our whanau, our family, our connectedness. That's what we want. That's the vision of what it means to help each other take our next step towards Jesus. That's who we're going to be in 2023. I'm going to pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for how far you have brought this church. It's only been three and a half years. It's been a little bit longer than that with planning and strategizing and all of that. You were right there with us from the beginning when those seeds were planted, uh, when when you started calling us. You were there when we sat around the dining room table and started asking the question, so what the heck is this thing going to look like? What is this church going to look like? What are we going to call this church? Where are we going to plant this church? You were there when we opened the doors, when we dedicated to Manawa. You were there when we started our first services. You were there as we experienced growth, as we experienced hardships. You were there as we had to go into lockdown almost immediately and we had to endure online. You've been there as people's lives have changed. You've been there as people have made decisions to follow you. You've been there as people have struggled with difficulties in their lives. You have been there as our leadership has grown and changed and morphed. You were there as we shifted spaces to here. You will be there every step of the way, and we're thankful for that. So, Lord, we give this church to you as leaders. We bow to you and to your wisdom and your guidance. And as a congregation, as a group, as a community, we commit to being there for each other, to help each other take a next step, to use our giftings, the things you have given us, not just for our own purposes and certainly not for mine, but for each other, for your kingdom, for you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.